This is the WMSC interview of Crumb Bum singer Dave Tejas by Nick Patel. Yo, what's up? First off, you're heading out to Europe for a European tour uh, for Cut the Noose uh, this Thursday. Tell me, what do you got planned, uh, I guess, for drinking choices when you just get off the plane? Um, first of all, I'm going to do one of those mad sprints. Across down the uh, down the airport, sprinting over little kids and knocking off berets and things of that nature. And I'm going to find uh, the closest little drinking hole that I see. And I'd like to I'd like to think that there will be a bourbon or a whiskey there. I've got a feeling they're not going to have that mm, particular brand that I'm that I'm looking for. So I'm going to look and see what it seems like. Maybe the old men are drinking, and I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a couple shots of that and uh, find out what a local brew they have there is. So whatever the old men are drinking is usually a good a good choice right there. Would you say that's a good choice in Europe as well as America? Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I think I think uh, Europe and in America, but for some reason I'm uh, you know this will be our third time abroad, but. I'd like to think I like to still have mystify myself with Europe as this unknown place where the old men they really they're gonna tell me some type of great story and a secret about something and you know I want to have a good conversation and a good shot with these I want to see a little guy with a little hat on and a little suit a classic I want to see a classic Frenchman. All right then. Now, what would you say is your favorite drink of choice for European beer? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have no clue at all. I, I'm mainly a, I'm a I'm a whiskey, bourbon, vodka drinker. I don't drink as much beer. Um, uh, it just bloats me up. So what I usually do is I have a couple of drinks because, especially the Germans, they drink beer like like it's just water, hot or just warm beer, and they drink it. So I'm gonna, I'll have a couple of drinks with them, and usually the people that know me there, they'll even, you know, call, hey, whiskey, David, and they'll bring me some kind of whiskey. So that's 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 all I know. I'm gonna drink whatever they have, but I'm gonna be looking for whiskey the entire time. Now, since you're gonna be promoting uh, your album Cut the Noose, like, how do you think these songs, Gasoline, High Highs, Low Lows, and Gone Forever, are gonna? Uh, go with fans uh, when you actually play them live? I think, you know, I I think these songs, like, especially like Gasoline, it has like, um, you know, it's got a really kind of powerful chorus, and I, I think people can relate to what I'm, uh, you know, what I'm talking about there. It's, it's just about, you know, not letting anything stand in your way, and of course with language barriers, you know, somebody has to, we're lucky though, English is pretty well known everywhere, but I'd like to think that uh, you know if they had any questions, they could interpret. You know, have one of their friends help interpret it if they like the song, and I think it's going to go over uh, really well. I'm not, I'm not really worried about about it uh, about this tour. I'm really excited. We've been getting good responses over the internet, so I think it's going to be a blast. Now, from past tours, what are fans like in Paris? when you see them, like, in the pit, as well as, like, when you talk to them, like, when you're uh, autographing merch and, like, selling T-shirts and patches and stuff? Uh, man, 
you know, not just just Paris, but like you know, Europe in general has just been insanely, insanely great. Like the kids are, uh, they're really respectful of American bands coming over. You know, they're. I mean, I know a lot of American bands go to Europe, you know, constantly, but when you show up to their uh, to their town or their village, they really, you know, they want to show you. Here's where you're at. This is where we're from, and we want to take care of you. And they go, they go nuts. And a lot of times, the only English that they really know is the lyrics to your songs and and the word crumbum, 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 crumbum. But um, you know, it's it's a blast. And you know, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping everything goes over well. And you know, the one thing about the crumbums is you never find us hiding in a in a back room. We'll be out in the crowd and we'll be out at the merch booth and drinking with everybody. So uh, I'm interested in talking to you when we get back and let you know how it goes. Awesome. Now, what is it like when you're uh, on stage in Germany? Oh, it's uh, man, it's it's a it's a great it's a great great. Uh, great country and it's uh the kids are completely balls nuts like the punk rockers there you know they they go all the way when they go out to a show it looks like you're watching a, a video from like the early 80s and you know they love it but there's always um a really funny thing that we call the german compliment which is they're going to compliment you and then they're going to kind of uh, give you their opinion of what they didn't like. You're never going to get, it was great, I loved it, everything was awesome. You'll get something like, Crown Bombs, the show was awesome tonight, I loved it, uh, it was very, very, uh, very uh, entertaining, but um, I watched your YouTube video and you had much more energy, so it seemed like tonight maybe you were you're kind of tired and uh, something did not feel right. Maybe there's something on your mind, like you weren't thinking about this show because you were messing up, but we love the show. So you're always going get, to get something like that. That's the one thing we, we always uh, wait for. We've had people come up to us and tell us that we're their favorite band from, from where they live, but yet they're the only two people that like us. They make sure to let us know that the rest of the village does not like us at all. <laughs> so that's always, that's always fun. I'm, I'm, I'm getting myself ready for that. Because this is going to be your third time out to Europe. Is there anything you're going to be doing differently than the past two times you've been in Europe? Man, um... Honestly, I'm just uh, hoping that, you know, I, I think each each time you go out on any kind of tour, and especially, um, you know, leaving the country, our, our main thing is just to uh, make sure we give them, you know, what... We want to give them more than what they expect. I want to play harder. I want to play faster. And, you know, I want them to leave the show as tired as we are. I want them to leave the show and know that they just came back from a Crumbum show. And I think... Each time we try to do that harder and harder, and this time I really want to, you know, I want to do a kick to the face. Okay. Now, when do you hope to make it out to Sweden, Norway, and Finland? Man, I hope uh, as as 
soon as uh, as soon as possible. And uh, we've been talking about that and trying to get uh, get promotion to get over there within you know hopefully within the next eight months. And it's uh, you know it's a priority for us to get out to uh, different countries we've yet to go and. That's something uh, definitely I've uh, got in my closet a lot of um, uh, corpse makeup, and I've been working on a uh, studded uh, jacket with uh, three-inch nails. We're getting ready for that tour. Now, would you say, like, Crumbums will first appear in Eastern Europe or Asia next? The way things are going, since we're going to Europe and coming back and not hitting so far east, there's there's a good chance that that we would hit, you know, Indonesia. It's really um, it's it's blowing up for punk, and uh, it's you know we're we're constantly getting hit on Facebook, and and their their country is just you know they're blowing up, and they really want they want to support the bands that they're into, and at the same time they want the bands to support them because I don't think they've had access. As much music as they do now, so uh, I would uh, I would assume we would be in Indonesia as soon as possible, if if not in the next four to four to six months. Now, what's the timeline like for uh, getting to Japan? The the same thing as soon as as soon as possible. What 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 I like to think is if we're going that way, then why don't we just spend a little extra time, figure out a way to. Get the tickets to just stay, you know, in that region. But um, again, as soon as as soon as possible, we've got good friends uh, from Japan that are always in Austin and in uh, in the United States, um, like a great band called Extinct Government. And uh, you know, they've been over here and they've got it set up for us. But you know, with gas prices and everything, you know, airline tickets shooting up. It just makes it more and more difficult to get over there. But as soon as we can get it together, we're there. Now, tell me, like this past summer, you were on tour with Toxic Holocaust and Holy Grail. What were some big highlights from that tour? Well, you know, first, first of all, just going out with uh, those two bands, we became like a family, and that was uh, that's really what you, you you want from a tour, and. Um, I mean, there was there were so many great shows. We had a great time in New York, a great time in LA, um, and places that people don't expect as much. But I mean, Denver, Colorado is just Denver is is a great is a great city, and um, I mean, we had we had a blast. You know, one of the great things we do when you're on a tour package like that is we'll throw a couple members of each band into the different bands, and we just we just get down and everybody has a good time together and uh i think we were in la and uh after multiple multiple shots all of us together we had a crumbums had a bag full of firecrackers in the back of the uh the van and just shooting bottle rockets at toxic holocaust was a great thing and we made sure to watch out to watch out for for luna we wanted to make sure luna's hair did not catch on fire you do not mess with Holy Grail's hair. I'll tell you that. Now, thinking back, what's been the craziest story from being overseas in Europe so far? Oh, you know, Europe, I, I, I wanna, I'm going to, I wish I could tell you something that was, I mean, there's, there's, 
the craziest thing is when they when they say you're going to play my village, W's are V's, V's are W's, so we're going to go play a village, and you show up, and you look like you're, it looks like you're in a movie. There'll be the old lady with a goat and a bag of, like, potatoes on her head, and you just, you're like, what the, it, but no, surely the show can't be here. And then you pull around a corner, and there's, like, 300 punk rockers, and you're, what the hell, there's a donkey and a potato lady, and and, and then there's tons of punk. And the, you know, we, we've had really great experiences over there, and they have a wonderful drink called Absinthe. And uh, we like to partake in uh, a lot of a lot of absence. And uh, last time we were there, we broke into a castle in Berlin. I mean, it's not that hard. We just jumped the gate, but we uh, we jumped this gate in Berlin. And for some reason, the absence made you feel like you could hang off of about a hundred hundred foot cliff off of the uh, off of these castles, and you just felt like, oh yeah, this is normal. You hop off, and you know those those are the crazy things you get to see and and do over there. But I do want to tell you, we play Mexico as well, and that is where we've had the craziest thing that we've we've ever seen. We were um, going into Mexico. We had to sneak in because we didn't have the right documentation, and anything like out of a out of a strange movie that could happen would happen. We're driving down a dirt road. It seems like the van is going to flip over at any minute, and immediately the federales jump out and have machine guns on us, and we have to get out of the van, and then they start asking us questions like, do you have any weed? Like, no, we don't have any weed. Um, you have pills? No, we don't have any pills. Do you have any cocaina? No, we don't have any coke. And then he asks us, why not? Said, ah, we just don't. I'll put a little bit in my drink. It keeps me awake so I can find what I'm looking for. And then we did a bunch of autographs and took pictures with them. So and we thought we were about to get our heads blown off, but we were good. Damn. Now, I take it you guys are big, like, DRI and Exploited fans, right? Love, love DRI, love Exploited. I'm a huge Exploited fan, so of course, of course. Favorite albums from each of them? Let's Start a War has got to be probably my favorite. Army Life is great. I mean, Crossover is Crossover is just uh, it's such a great uh, such a great Flash album. You know, and uh, again, these are such uh, such strange uh, albums or, or bands that everything they did like I, I really really respected so I and you know the first DRI just Dirty Rotten Imbeciles was just so good Punk's Not Dead it's it's hard for me to uh, to stick on one and then you know there's there's albums that, that both bands did and I think more with Exploited where they would do kind of like the eight song album where you had songs like Alternative and uh, Fuck the USA that were just so, like, profound at that time. And when I first got into punk and I heard Exploited was probably the first band that I that I heard of, of that style of punk that I just went, oh, 
holy God, I'm, this is, I love this. And, you know, it was, it was a kick to the teeth. There was no apologies. There was no, um, they're not, they're not trying to be politically correct. They're not trying to, uh, make this, um, uh, simple to get into record stores. They were doing what they were doing and they were pissed off about it. And you can hear that every time you put on, you know, one of those records, you just, you, your heart beats a little bit more and your chest puffs up a little bit. Would you say, um, what kind of advice would you like to give as a seasoned, uh, touring musician to, uh, teenagers just picking up the instruments like nowadays? On how to be, like, successful? Um, you know, uh, of course, success is in the eye of the beholder. It's, uh, there's bands that I think that that are, uh, you know, amazing. Verbal abuse, negative approach. But you don't see them on on huge tours. However, those guys, you, you'll, they're 20 years ago, they were huge. To this day, you see people wearing their shirts. 20 years from now, you'll see people wearing their shirts, spitting out, you know, their lyrics. But then again... You'll have bands that some people love and adore called, you know, Monster Magnet, Nickelback, or whatever. To me, that that's that's crap. But you know, I, who am I to say what you like, what you don't like? But the main thing is, you figure out what you love and you stick with it, and you never you never budge. There'll be the people that tell you to move on. It's not worth it. And you know what? If you believe in it and you change your ideals, your life won't be worth anything. You'll always regret everything for the rest of your life. You'll always wonder what could have happened. And, you know, also, don't have a little baby bitch heart. Don't be afraid to get your feelings hurt. You have to first take that because anytime you start being any anywhat successful, people are going to try to take you down. Now, who's in your band now? Right now, um, forming members are uh, me and uh, Trey Martinez. We have uh, our current drummer, uh, Nick Caston, and uh, Josh Langford on guitar. And we recently just got our good friend Rufio, who used to play in Clip 45. He's in from Boston, going on this tour with us. And uh, we're hoping to uh, start uh, all of us working together on a new album as soon as we get back. Now... But how many songs you got like uh, in the writing stages right now? Oh, for for a new record? Yes. I would say right now there's just probably just about five or six. We really, as soon as we got done from this uh, recording, as the tide turns, we directly went out on tour with uh, Citizen Fish. Then we came home, went on tour with uh, Toxic Holocaust, and now I think we've been home for. You know, close to three weeks, and we're leaving to Europe. And I think when we come home in the winter, we'll have a chance to really sit down. All of us, you know, I've got my notepad full of lyrics. Um, Trey and Josh have been writing songs on guitar. And I think the main thing is we just need some time to sit down. I like to get a little tape recorder and record them on guitar. And then I'll take that for a couple of weeks and walk around and throughout my, you know, throughout the city and just start jotting things down that makes sense to me. Now, what's your band's favorite pastime? 
I can't speak for everybody, but my main main thing is to cook. So you give me half the chance to cook for you, I'm I'm on it. They call me the ghetto chef when we're on tour. I'll uh, I'll go through someone's kitchen, whatever they have, I can put something together. So my main thing is music and cooking. And Trey, his main thing is music and eating. So we're a good team. I'm his yin. He's my yang. Now you got a good recipe for making chili. I've got I've got tons of them. Uh, it's, 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 I think Texas chili is a is a pretty easy thing. Um, you know, we like to uh, first you start off and you dice up your uh, you know depending on what what your vegetables you're using. I think here in Texas we do uh, our vegetables. We like to have a lot of onion and uh, fresh corn. You cut it right off the cob into it. Get your uh, first of all start off with your nice pot. Get a little bit of oil. Sometimes olive oil can throw off a uh, the, the olivey taste, so maybe you want to try like some sunseed, uh, sunflower seed oil, or uh, something of that nature that doesn't have a flavor. Throw your onions in. Throw a big handful of garlic. What I like to do, maybe because we're Mexican too, throw in your favorite peppers, whatever it is, poblano, uh, jalapeno. Let that start simmering. And I think I think maybe being from Texas and Mexican, we almost make like an enchilada sauce. If you want to throw in um, your cumin or what we call comino, throw that in there. Your chili powder, salt, or not your salt, just your pepper. Let that stir into almost like a, a roux. And then throw in about three cans of chopped tomato and go with it. If you eat meat, throw in whatever kind of steak or ground beef, or turkey you want, in with the vegetables. Let that keep kicking. Again, throw in maybe two cups of water and two to three cans of uh, of uh, chopped tomato, and just let it simmer. Towards the end, throw in your salt and a little bit of white pepper, and you're good to go. A big handful of cheese and tortilla chips, and that's it. Now, if you came into possession of a genie's lamp and had one wish left, what would you wish for to help your band? Oh. I would wish for some type of transportation. I'm not talking about a bus. Maybe something a little bit bigger than a normal van that never breaks down. That's all I want. I think that's all that any any band that goes through any type of struggle wants. I just want a van that will not break down. I want um, I want a kit. I want a Knight Rider van. I want it to talk to me. Those kind of things. Now, if your house is burning down to the ground, you're inside it. You only have time left to save one album and jump out the window. What do you pick? I'm going to die in the house, man. That's, that's a trick question. You know that, and I know that. That's the oldest one in the book. You're going to burn in that house. I would feel like, you know what would happen? I would kick my dog out the window, and and then I would I would I I've spoken to people about this before. It's like um, when you're in a relationship with someone and you say, "Where do you want to go eat?" And they go, "I don't know. Where do you want to go eat?" And then you get into an argument. Well, how about a cheeseburger? I don't feel like a cheeseburger. Well, what about pizza? Mm, I've got a heartburn. That's what happened would happen to me by myself. Like my multiple personalities would be. 
you know, my drinking uh, brain would say, pick your favorite Pogues record, then your pissed off punk would be, pick Earth AD, it's one of the greatest records. And then the kid in me would say, pick Metallica Garage Days, it changed your whole life. And they would find me with but maybe those three records just melted on my face and my body, kind of like... Um, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, like where they just got stuck in stone. It would just be me in, in wax. <laughs> now tell me, what do you like more? Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning from Metallica? This, this is, a, this is a, I've seen many, many bar fights go on about this, this, this conversation. Not as much as... Um, you know when when people talk about the record with no bass on it, but this this is this is a this is a hard one. And you can get into a fight for each one, but I'll tell you it. I'm gonna right now. I'm I'm gonna go with with Master of Puppets. In no way is Master of Puppets a, a real thrash album. Whereas Ride the Lightning is a total thrash album, and most people would first go Ride the Lightning. It's a crazy up and thrash record. It's like going down the steepest hill on your board, just flying down and knowing when you hit the bottom, your wheels are going to give out and you're going to knock some teeth out. Whereas Master of Puppets to me feels like I'm going into a creepy house and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch the scariest movie I've ever seen. It just has that really dark, it's pissed off, but at the same time, you kind of you have like a little hole in your stomach listening to it, like, oh man, what's next? Dun, 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 you know. So that's that's what I'm gonna stick to right now. I mean, you ask me in five minutes, I might change my mind, but that's what I'm gonna go with. That's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. Now, since it's almost Halloween, what's your three favorite horror movies of all time? Woo! Okay. Um, the first one should be, I'm going to ask you this. What do you think my first one is? And just, just make it, if you just think about us, what, what would our, my first one be? Um, damn. I'm obsessed with Hellraiser, but, um, I think that'd uh, be the wrong answer for you. Um. You want to, you want a hint? Yes. <laughs> ah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Of course. Of course. How much did that movie, like, scare everybody? It was the Blair Witch Project of, like, the early 80s, late 70s. And watching that movie would just, I mean, scare everything that was inside of me out. Like, that movie and, and Leatherface, there was, there's always been great horror films. You know, and a lot of great films coming out at that time. But that dude just... No, you didn't. It didn't really give you the background that we have now, where you could see movies. Okay, this is why it started. This is what happened. You just knew that this guy was chopping people up, wearing their skin, and uh, was it Toby Hopper? Just he made it out like the poster said. This really happened, and people thought it did. When I was a kid in Texas, everybody had a. Um, I said that lived throughout little you know, little towns in, in the country, and everybody had their own horror story of where the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was, and don't go, don't go to that, that empty house, that's, that's where we think it happened. 
So that one would be number one. Um, two, I'm a huge werewolf fan. I just think that's like a one of the most chaotic, brutal monsters. It just switched from human into a, a murdering machine. It, all it knew is to kill and eat, and it wasn't it wasn't uh, sexy or uh, or you, you know you didn't have like the vampire. It wasn't coming in and, and making you think that it was it was going to romance you. It was going to rip your throat out and eat your guts. And so um, American Werewolf in London, I think when I was four or five years old, I remember watching it. And the first five minutes, I just started crying. When they're walking through the woods and you could hear that the wolf howling and the animosity that I got as a kid, like I couldn't sleep for years. I still have fears. If we're if we're on tour and they stop the van to go take a piss on the side of the road, I I can't do it. I'm like, give me the Gatorade bottle. I'm not getting out in the woods and going to Europe. No way. I'm not getting out of the woods at all. Um, and three, me and my good friend uh, Ron have talked about this. The Wiz with Michael Jackson. That is a scary movie. Michael Jackson and a bunch of little kids playing the Wizard of Oz, can't even watch that. It's bad news. It's bad news all the way around. Now, Dave, if you could be a villain in a horror movie, what would you pick? The villain? First, first you'd want to say... Oh... Anthony Hopkins, Silence of the Lambs. Just what a what a what a creep he was, and how much he really enjoyed what he was doing and dissecting the bodies, and you know, eating eating their brains. And he was just such a he was such a creepy, sophisticated villain that he just he turned a loop on everyone. And you know, as you started seeing seeing the you know the chronicles of him, he started noticing, like, people had no clue he was doing this for the longest time, and everybody just thought he was this sophisticated guy, so you could imagine what his, uh, you know, how good he felt about getting away with these kind of murders and being such a creep, so I think Hannibal Lecter would probably be it. Wrapping things up, if you could use a time machine, see any concert in history, what would you see, where would the venue be? And what song would you be screaming at the band to play as a request? Man, each one of these questions, this is like, uh, what's that dude's name uh, on CNN, Hardball or something? These are, these are like those kind of questions. These are like the hardest questions to, to answer because someone is just going is, is gonna to tear me up for this. Um, you know, you want to see... Metallica with Cliff Burton, but I'm I'm gonna go for my guilty pleasure would be the early form of Joy Division with Ian Curtis, the band Warsaw. But I would be screaming three five zero one two five go with them over and over because it I think it's a, a an underrated band kind of in the punk scene. It got it got that real new wave kind of uh, stigma because New Order came out mm-hmm. of Joy Division and Warsaw, 
but they were such a, a creepy band that I think I think I would go. I'm gonna stick to that one. That's one that I think uh, maybe on this show no one was ever going to agree with me or say that name again. Wow. This has been the WMSC interview of uh, Crumbum singer Dave Tejas by Nick Perkel.